0: It's Saturday, October 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes here in the press box at Progressive Field after the Guardians. A few hours ago, actually, Hoynesy, as we're sitting and recording this, uh, uh, it's still Saturday, I think. Uh, the the, the, uh, the place still smells a little bit like champagne. The Guardians walk it off in 15 innings to advance to the American League Division Series, defeating the Tampa Bay Rays in the wildcard and and Hoinsey, this team keeps winning in the most improbable ways. Uh, you know, I remember back to 2017 when, when we would do a podcast a night after they, they got the 20 wins in a row. And it was just, you shook your head and it was the same formula and it was the same thing over and over again. A new guy stepping up. Well, this is all a bunch of guys who have never done it before. And now they're, they're, they're finding out different ways to win every time. Oscar Gonzalez comes up and and drives one out of the park in the fifteenth in a game where nobody was getting the big hit and, and he finally comes through. Yeah, just
1: a great ending, uh, Joe. Just uh, fifteen innings, fifteen innings in a postseason game, the longest postseason game in Indians or Guardians history, and uh, and Gonzalez, a rookie, you know, it's, which seems apropos. But a guy that was left off the 40-man roster, that could have been claimed by anybody, if there had been a Rule Five draft, he steps up to the plate against no, so, no, none other than Corey Kluber, <laughs> and hits it out and to win it to to eliminate the Rays and and move uh, Cleveland on to the ALDS.
0: Yeah, I, I that that was not lost on a lot of people that it was Corey Kluber on the mound, uh, the ex-Cleveland pitcher, the. The legend in this franchise, the two-time Cy Young winner here, who who was on the mound, who gave up the the game-winning home run to to let uh, the the celebration begin. Uh, you know, he had been a part of many of those celebrations. I'm sure it it really got to him uh, to to have given up that home run. But you look at just the way that this game developed. It, it seems like forever ago we were all shaking our heads at Tyler Glass now and tristan mckenzie just throwing up bagels through the first six in five six innings each and it was it was strikeouts left and right it was miles straw making every catch in the outfield (laughs) uh that seems like forever ago because this game suddenly became about a battle of the bullpens which you know when when we knew that this was the matchup was going to be between cleveland and and, and tampa bay we knew that eventually the bullpens were going to decide something
1: yeah, just uh, two great efforts by the bullpens. Tampa Bay struck out 19, 19 Cleveland batters. Uh, Cleveland struck out 20, 20 Tampa Bay batters. The uh, first team, they threw 14 scoreless innings, Joe, or, or 15 scoreless innings. Cleveland pitchers you know, set a postseason record with mm-hmm. that. It's just uh, really an incredible game to watch the sold out crowd the fans were into it they were into it. every strikeout i think they they eventually kind of got tired at the <laughs> yeah. end they were screaming I, so much i
0: you know what it was it, 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 at the end uh, in the 13th 14th innings uh, it, some of those double plays that the the guardians were hitting into were sort of deflating because this crowd was tremendous it was great there was 34,900 fans in the stands and they all stayed you know for the most part through most of it And they were up, but you could tell as it got later and it got longer, you know their energy was starting to wane. It was (laughs) all it took was one swing from Oscar to get the uh, get get the energy back, and and once the celebration you know touched off. But uh, I want to bring up uh, just a couple of names here, uh, throw them out here. Uh, First, we'll go all the way back to the early part of the game, Uh, Miles Straw and what he did defensively. Uh, When the balls hit to center field, it's an out. That's what Tito always says when Miles Straw is playing. And that's that sort of, uh, you know, comfort, that sort of security blanket that they've got out there, uh, you know, knowing that Straw is patrolling the outfield.
1: Yeah, and especially with this, you know, with the way this team is built around pitching, uh, you need a guy that's going to catch the ball in center field. And, you know, Straw went through his struggles this year. You know, he was criticized for not hitting, and, and he didn't hit. I mean, you know, he was an automatic out for two or three months of the season. But you know you put him out in center field and he tracks down everything he doesn't he never takes his offense to the field and he's he's dependable he plays every day and he's scrappy he got a hit today he got a stolen base joe i think when he stole that base you know it's one thing to be a base stealer it's it's another thing to be a base stealer when everybody in the ballpark and everybody on the other team knows you have to steal, and mm-hmm. you steal it anyways. And he did that. It just didn't, you know, would, uh, the Guardians couldn't, could not bring him home.
0: Yeah, they, they, they really fought for those, uh, to, to try and get those moments where they could come through with a big hit, and they just didn't for, for several innings. Uh, another name, Sam Hentges, the, the effort that he gave. Uh, three scoreless innings, gave up three hits, but he struck out six. Uh, in, in an extended appearance. I mean, uh, Tito just sort of, it looked like Tito just sort of put him out there and said, we're going to go until he can't go anymore because he gives us the best chance to get out of any sort of trouble. Uh, Sam Hatch has really stepped up in this game.
1: Just a big, big, big performance. You know, this guy is 6'8", 240, and he pitched like it today. Uh, you know, he got out of that, pitched out of that first, uh, third and first jam with uh, one out by striking out the last two guys in the 15th. Just did a great job and, uh, you know, converted starter from last year, Joe, and I think, you know, he has found his niche with, with this club right now. Uh, lastly, Tristan McKenzie, uh, six innings allowed, only two hits, walked
0: two and struck out eight. Uh, if that's the kind of Tristan McKenzie the Guardians are going to get throughout the rest of their playoff run, that's a, that's a really good sign.
1: Yeah, he pitched really well. I thought he could have gone a little deeper, but it's obvious that you know uh, Terry Francona is pl- looking ahead. I think he's got that bullpen, uh, and it was a kind of game where you knew one run might decide it. Joe, and maybe he he just thought Tristan had, had really expended expended himself, and uh, you know so and and. They've got got the Yankees to look forward to.
0: Right, yeah. uh, Tristan McKenzie does tend to give up the the solo home run. Uh, The games that he lost were games that he gave up three-run home runs. So, you know, it's not often that he got runners on base. He had a really low whip and a real low uh, opponent batting average uh, this season. So it's not like they had a lot of base runners against him. Uh, But, yeah, when you got to that sixth inning, when you got through that sixth inning, and you know maybe a solo home run beats you, uh, it, it was. It's probably good to get him out, and 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 in, you've got him conserved now for uh, you know regular rest against the Yankees. Uh, moments that that helped decide the game. Uh, probably the biggest one uh, was a replay challenge on a ball. It was uh, Angel De Los Santos on the mound. Uh, runners at first and third with two out in the twelfth inning. And uh, Manuel Margot sends a ground ball to third base. Jose Ramirez makes an outstanding play just to stop the ball in the first place, but then, uh, you know, rips off a throw as he's fading into the Guardians' dugout. Uh, it short hops in front of Josh Naylor. Naylor stretches, keeps his cleat on the bag as Margot comes by. The, ball, the throw beats him. Uh, the, the umpire rules that it's a, an, an out. Uh, the uh, the rays challenged. They said uh, Naylor uh, pulled his foot off the bag. Uh, that wasn't the case. Upon review, the the, the call was. Uh, uh, I, I believe the call stood. The call stood, which means that there wasn't any any evidence on the other side in New York to to, to overturn it. Uh, do you think that that play, if it had been called safe originally, because the because the foot was off the bag, or the, you know? Naylor, Naylor told me during the postgame celebration. He said, "I knew I had my foot on the bag the whole time, and it doesn't matter though. Once the play goes to New York, that's uh,
1: that's a tough moment." Yeah, and uh, I thought Francona said it best. He goes, "That wasn't a game saving uh, play. That may have been a season saving play. Uh, just a great stretch by uh, by Naylor. A great great stop and throw by by Ramirez. I still, you know, the shadows were out there. It was really." Like the, the the worst conditions, you couldn't even. You could if you were sitting from the stands, it was hard to see. And and Naylor stretched from here to Euclid Avenue to make that to, to make the scoop in the uh, and the and the you know it held the bag. The
0: the funny thing is, uh, you, the, the shadows weren't a problem through you know the first nine innings of the yeah, game. Yeah. Right. If they had just wrapped things up on time, uh, the, the shadows wouldn't have been a problem. And then by the end, the shadows weren't a problem anymore because yeah, everything it, had been covered. Uh, just, uh, just a weird situation. Again, uh, I, I know you were here back in 1995 when Tony Pena walked it off in the playoffs and, in that, that infamous home run. Uh, how does that, how does this game compare to that? And, and, and what do you remember from that night?
1: Wow. That, that's a great question, Joe. You know, that, that game, you know, was, there was so much kind of like drama, in, involved in that game, you know, there was a rain delay. It was the the, the then Indians' first time in the postseason in 41 years. You know, people had been waiting and waiting and waiting for it. And you know, Albert Bell hits the hits the home run and, and it gets his bat confiscated by uh, what Terry Kennedy, right? Kevin Kennedy, Kevin Kennedy, Kennedy. Kevin Kennedy yeah. uh, the 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 White Sox manager. They saw it in half right in, during the game. There's no <laughs> cork,
0: and, and that and that was when Bell. Uh, looked out from the dugout and looked like he he had he had dangerous thoughts in yeah, his mind. Yeah, he, he flexed flexing. his muscles. He pointed. He said,
1: "This is where that home run came from." And then, uh, I do remember that. Yeah. And then Tony Pena, you know, Tony Pena told me his kids, uh, um, you know, dropped him off at the ballpark that day early that day, and he told them. Keep your eye on your dad because he's going to do something special tonight. And uh, yeah, he wasn't even the starting catcher no, that night. He yeah. came in and uh, hits a home run and, and into the bleachers, just where Gonzo's home run went. Yeah, just
0: about, uh, just about the same place. Uh, I, I remember the story was that it, he got to a th- he hit that on a three zero count, and he had gotten to the three zero count and got the sign and and just uh, just sort of ignored the sign and and swung on three zero.
1: Yeah, because it was like two in the morning. Yeah, two, it was pretty late. Two thirty in the morning. There'd been delays, and they just had kept playing. I remember, what I was—I might have been the only the only uh, reporter to get a game story in the in the PD that day because they had just waited. They were Roy wow. Roy Hewitt was the uh, the uh, sports editor, and he had them wait till the the final. They, you know, they held it for you. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's uh, that's that's pretty big uh, to to have done that, but yeah. Uh, just the way that this compares to the the crowd, the energy, obviously. Like we talked, uh, there there were moments there late where it, it sort of seemed to be waning. But boy, you you hit a you hit a walk off home run in this park, and yeah, you and can and feel it. There have been times I've been here where the the stands have been full, and you sort of you get that swaying feeling in the in the upper deck in the press box, and it, it happened again today. It, it happened yesterday when Jose Ramirez hit his home run. Uh, but Gonzalez's home run, Raji Davis's home run obviously was a, a moment that I don't think anybody will forget. Uh, 2017 when Lindor hit the, uh, the grand slam yeah. off the foul pole, that was one of those moments where when this ballpark is full, when the, when the fans come out and, and fill the stands and are into the game, uh, there's there's really nothing like it uh, no, that that' that, we're, that we've been around
1: yeah that's 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 the fun part of this this time of year and to to come out and support a team like this it it really I mean they feed off it they they love it the players all they do is talk about that so when are we going to stop with the okay these guys are so young I mean it's gonna
0: it's gonna come up again now because because we're going to New york we've <laughs> we've booked our flights and we're we're heading to New York uh, beginning Monday for the workout and uh, game Tuesday, Game One Tuesday will be probably be Quantrill versus Garrett Cole, uh, and then you'll probably get Bieber uh, against maybe Severino uh, yeah. in in Game Two. Uh, you know, just speculating. I don't know anything for sure, but uh, all those narratives are going to come back again. Oh, uh, yeah. and, you know, we we heard them all at the beginning of this series. Uh, the the style of play the Guardians have will it translate to winning in the in the postseason? Um, you know it's it'll be David David versus Goliath the the $254 million payroll <laughs> versus the $68 million payroll uh, you know it'll be one you know MVP candidate versus you know four MVP candidates it's all of those storylines will 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 come up again how does how do they how did Tito and and this team tune everything out and keep their focus on just go out and play your game
1: i think they've been great at that Joe. I think that starts at the top from the organization and and Tito's really good at that. He, he, uh, you know, knows how to deflect, knows how to, you know, keep the attention probably off his players, protect him a little bit. Uh, And, uh, you know, this is the story, you know, this is, this is one of baseball's best stories. It's not going to change until maybe next year, you know, so as far as they advance in, in, uh, in the postseason, you know, being the youngest team in the big leagues. Being a team that plays you know, old-school baseball that doesn't hit home runs. But you'd be fooled by the last two games if, right. if that was... Every that whole, every run scored in this series yeah, yeah, yeah. scored
0: on a home run. Three
1: swings. Three swings, Joe. That's they played 24 innings, and three swings of the bat decided it. And they were all home runs. That's... Uh, you You
0: can't explain that. There's no... There's no... Logic. That's why baseballs. It's the best... You can have... The, the juggernaut offense you can, and and you run into a bullpen that strikes out twenty and it's or, or you know the pitching stay, oh, bullpen struck out 12, uh, 20 strikeouts they got they had today that was uh, this is this is something that's not the norm yeah. they, they really are they they've shattered the mold for for every team in the in, in the big leagues and you wonder how many teams are going to start copying their model moving forward and 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 just you know, everybody's reactionary now. It's that—that's what the league is. Will they go? Will it go back to being a contact league? Will it go back to being put the ball in play, don't strike out, move base runners, and and rely on
1: speed? Well, the you know the shift rule is certainly going to you know tend to to direct play that way. You know, it's kind of like uh, I, you know with Moneyball. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember you know just watching the movie and. Uh, they they said uh, you know Brad Pitt was uh, Billy Bean playing Billy Bean and and said you know if we don't win this this will be an outlier if we don't go you know don't win the whole thing you know people will just say we got lucky for one year or mm-hmm. something like that and I'm wondering if it's that's the same thing with this if if depending how far the Guardians go you know will people just ignore it we'll the- we'll just say you know we're going to go back to three outcome baseball.
0: But but you've got to stick around long enough to get the point of that movie and that's in the epilogue when the the title goes up at the end before the credits and it said uh, you know the Boston Red Sox who had offered Boy. Billy Bean a contract and and offered him all the money in the world they went out copied his model 3 years later and won the World yeah, Series. That's true. With Terry Francona. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I mean That's true. Basically, using his model, they they did the same thing. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a copycat league in that way, I guess. Uh, eventually, it, it's just baseball moves like a glacier in that regard, I guess. And it, it, it won't happen overnight, but it'll happen. You'll you'll start to see it. And what once again, you know, twenty sixteen, Tito revolutionizes things with, with uh, you know using your bullpen early in a game. Uh, you know, twenty twenty two, he revolutionizes changes changes the game again by. <laughs> by playing a bunch of toddlers it's it's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll have much more, I guess on our preview and our uh, you know just looking forward to uh, the the matchups in New York uh, against the Yankees. Uh, they they go back into the belly of the beast they go back to where. Miles Straw scaled the wall and <laughs> yeah. and had it out with the Yankees. And fans. Oscar Mercado, they had
1: the whole Oscar uh, back from going into the stands. <laughs> I mean,
0: that was that was sort of you, you think back to where they were at that point. After getting swept by the Yankees in in April, they went on to LA, got swept by the Angels, and that was probably about as low a feeling. You know, you had Framil Reyes going 0 for twenty nine with sixteen strikeouts and. Uh, that was about as bad as you could feel about a team, and you know, I'm covering those games out in LA. and looking over at Mandy Bell, and we're thinking, this is going to be a tough team to write stories about for the rest. Now this is, there's storylines popping out of the woodwork. Now uh, it's not a tough team to write about. This is a fun team to write about, uh, and we enjoy covering it for you guys as uh, as we head into. The American League Division Series—it it certainly
1: didn't have these guys picked for the Division Series, did you? No, Joe, for sure. You're talking to a guy that had them at 75 wins.
0: Yeah, I've seen the graphic. It's been tweeted. Uh, it's been tweeted at us uh, several times. I, I understand. that I'm going to have to have a talk with the uh, the social team about not publicizing our preseason picks. <laughs> what do you say we make a pact for next season and just not make preseason uh, uh, win total picks because. It it only works out badly. I, it, it only winds up in in Cal Quantrill intentionally going after you at <laughs> at clinch celebrations with uh, with bottles of champagne. Uh, I th- that was what my my third or fourth clinching celebration in the clubhouse. How was I, it? I it was it was great. I managed to not get completely doused. I, I do smell smell like stale beer and champagne right now, which you know it's not the worst thing in the world, but. Uh, Slider was in it. Slider was getting doused with champagne. It was pretty crazy. I I, I don't think uh, Austin Hedges has put a shirt back on. Uh, we were outside, you know, after the clubhouse, we all went out onto the to the field. All the family members were there. Uh, these guys were. I mean, you, you think about it. Young families, uh, young young players with their whole families. Their brothers and sisters and moms and dads were out there celebrating with them. Uh, it's freezing cold, and Austin Hedges walking around in socks and no shirt. <laughs> uh the still the funniest we asked oscar uh we asked austin hedges where he was when oscar hit his home run he said he was indisposed <laughs> at the moment he was actually down the tunnel um in the bathroom and he said he heard the contact he heard the barrel and then he heard the roar and he ran out of the bathroom, basically with his pants halfway down his, his his legs, you know, buckling up as he sprinted onto the field to to join the celebration. And and the shirt didn't last long after that. Uh, reminded us of J.R. Smith after the Cavs championship celebration, right? Right? Yeah, uh, yeah celebrating. Yeah, I don't think J.R. Uh, Smith wore a shirt for about a month after that. So uh, more tales of a shirtless Austin Hedges and. And more of that coming as we uh, look forward to the ALDS. Uh, Sunday, uh, Hoinsey. Let's uh, what do you say we meet in, uh,
1: meet in New York? All right, sounds good, Joe.